Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession in life to teach you how to be a more productive you. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to take my seven-question productivity quiz. How productive are you really? Well, go find out. Go to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com, and take my productivity activity quiz today. On the show, Anna Facino. She is a voice over talent for NBC, a stand-up comic, and she is also passionate about low-carb cooking. She's also written several cookbooks. An absolute treat for you on the show today. Lots of information about dieting. That's why I named this episode, Don't Worry, Eat Happy. So here we go. Anna, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. You know, I, I I know I'm not supposed to say this, but I love every guest on my show. And I remember when we had that conversation way back in December of 2019, I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to hear on the show because I think you're going to be an awesome guest with lots of value. Well, I appreciate that. I'm excited to be here. And I am amazed that you can remember anything from December because now I feel like it's just, it's all COVID brain. Well, let me be That's all I know. Let me be very, reality. Let me be very transparent. Okay. I don't want to take credit where credit's not due. When you signed up to be on this podcast at the very bottom, it says created December eleventh, two thousand nineteen. So I don't want you to think I have a good mind. Oh, you're not no, yeah, I, I figured that because rarely is somebody actually like that with the dates, like they're one of those savants about dates. Savant. Savants. <laughs> so pas français aussi. Oh, you speak French? <laughs> I, I majored in French in college, uh, cannot remember how to speak it to oh. save my, like if my life were in danger, Uh-oh. I would be in trouble. I, I paid that, my student loans off 10 years after I graduated from college and I wrote that check like, good thing I don't remember how to speak what I majored in. So you're telling us on this podcast, you're telling mm-hmm. us that if the cure for COVID-19 was your ability to speak French, we're out of luck. I would get on the Duolingo toot suite. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, well, obviously, folks, if you haven't understood, um, I did talk about in the intro, but, you know, Anna is a voiceover talent. So she's got that incredible voice to Monday, Monday, money. It's on sale Monday, all day. Monday, mon- I, would it, wouldn't it be amazing if I just started doing like Don LaFontaine level voice, <laughs> like just in a world? <laughs> like, yeah, in a it's world. Silly. It's silly when anybody does it but Don. Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is I used to be a radio DJ, as we talked about. The listener didn't know, but we yes. talked about in December. And every once in a while, I go into these Johnny Jocko things, and my wife loves it. She absolutely hysterical. She she dies laughing. I'll go, and now, number one hit in the week. This, and I tried to do the Casey Kasem thing, you know, you know, the dog died, but here's a love song to his neighbor, whatever. It is. It's like, she yes, just loves totally. it. So I am not a boring person. Does It sounds like you're not a boring person either. So I think we need more of us around like now, especially this time yeah. and age. Doing voices. Yes. Voices. Yeah. Silly voices. You don't have to do a, yes. a, a, an impersonation or impression. Just do silly voices. By the way, do you do any impressions? Um... <sighs> Sometimes, like I'll, I'll do not not professionally, but yes, I'll do it for comedic effect. Yes, for sure. Okay. Listen, the, one of, one of the things with voiceover that you need to have is an ear, and usually I found that a lot of people who are good at voices are also good at singing slash music. Okay. And because you need to have an ear to be able to hear things, and and there's this little sector of voiceover. This is so it's so obscure and tiny. But what happens is 
they're making a movie or a TV show or they're making a trailer of a movie or a TV show and they can't get the celebrity in to loop the lines. It's called ADR, additional dialogue replacement. Mm -hmm. And like, or for example, let's say you watch the movie version of, of on the airplane and all the cuss words have different words. Yes. That's somebody who's doing ADR who sounds like the celebrity. Well, I've done that a lot for many different celebrities. So yes, impersonating people is something I get paid to do, but I have to sound so much like them. It's not like a, a, a comedic impersonation necessarily. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. But it's a very specific skill set. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Well, let, let me go back. Let me go way back yes. in the time machine. When you were a little girl, did you want to be a voiceover talent or what did you want yes. to be when you were a little girl? Yes. And in fact, uh, you know, because I get messaged all day, every day about how do you get into voiceover? And I have found that the people who actually, because you know how it is, people ask you for advice for a thing and then mm -hmm. you tell them the thing and then they don't do the work. Yep. So I have now figured out how to answer that question by basically giving people a list of not hard, you know, but a little bit of work, like go research these three things figure this out and then get back to me with your questions because you'll have more detailed questions after you do that. And I have found that about 99% of people don't write me back. And the ones who do write me back are the ones who, like me, were like, I have always wanted to do this. I have ever since I was little, I would watch cartoons and do the voices. And But it's almost like you have to have a deep burning desire to do it because mm -hmm. you're standing in front of a microphone in the dark a lot, sending auditions out, not necessarily getting feedback unless you book the jobs. So it's a very isolating business to start. Now, when I was young, I wanted to be a firefighter because my dad was a firefighter. I thought that was well, the that's coolest super cool. Thing. That's a cool. That is a cool job. But except, what people don't stop and realize, I mean, we know now because of September 11th and whatever else was going on in the world, that firefighters and first responders, like at the hospital, we are going toward danger when everybody else is yes. running out. And I'm like, wait. I'm going to my first house fire. I'm like, why are they all going the other way? Am I going the wrong way here? You know, <laughs> yes. I'm going the wrong way. Um, yes. But it does take, um, you know, I tell people, they ask me, what's it like being a, as a volunteer firefighter? And they say, what's it like being a volunteer firefighter? I say, well, do you know how it's like in, in Washington, D.C.? We have the Democrats and Republicans. He goes, yeah, it's just as political in the fire department. And I know some people are going to be sending me hate mail. I was there. I, I, I'm say, speaking from my experience where, you know, you'd always rush to the firehouse because if you're on the, the end seat, you would be the guy with the hose, which means you go in the first it is a big right. power play thing. And I wasn't I was not that kind of like a bull in a china shop. I'm like, OK, you know, I just want to hear to serve. But there are people who are very macho. and We need the macho people. We need the people yeah. who don't care, though buildings on fire they have no bunker gear on just go in the fire we need those people uh, right. i wasn't one of them and so i tell people <laughs> there's politics not just in washington i was in radio broadcasting there's politics you know oh yeah when the nighttime dj takes off all the shifts get uh, mixed around and i got a couple times i did prime time at a top 40 station in rochester new york power hits dot epxy and you get one shot and mm -hmm. you're like you get there for an eight o'clock shift you get there at noon because you want to make sure everything's right um you mm -hmm. get one shot and thankfully my radio career kind of spotted out because i couldn't take the stress because guess what folks radio is 24 7 365 it never shuts off and someone's always got to be the man the mic and now when i started on radio they played this thing called records i don't know if you remember the xana um, yes i do I, I owned many of them no not that young unfortunately <laughs> now that's everything's mp3 so i was there when it went from records to thing called cart which kind of looked like an eight track player with one one um song on it and then they went to cds and then with mp3s and so and i know it was records because i remember i did you remember those countdown shows there's like a billion of them and i yes. remember um, I made the mistake where you start off with side 1A and on the back of it's side 4B, 
which is the last half hour of the show. So we went from song 37 to song four. Uh, my manager wasn't too happy. Oh, you you <laughs> ruined it for all of everybody. Just <laughs> waiting. You, you didn't tease it out at all. Nope. Nope. Because nobody wants to go back from number four to go back to play number 36. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I tell you, I, I, the only time the hot phone rang is when I did that. And the guy wasn't like, hey, Mark, how you doing? They were using a lot of explicitives, which we don't use on the show. Um, right. He was not too happy. I was still wet behind the ear. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't. You know, you know what? But that's how you learn. Yeah. Well, you, when you get a turntable, for those who don't know what turntables, go Google it. You flick the record over to see side B. Well, you don't do that when Casey's delivered on four finals. Oh, she had the image again. Oh, Sorry. Well, yeah, no, I, I I had a Snoopy record player. Oh, did you really? <laughs> yeah, and I used to play all my Disney albums on them and my Muppet albums. And then I had uh, I my neighbor, because I lived in an apartment building in Arlington, Virginia. My neighbor had a Donnie and Marie record holder, oh my which goodness. I just, I begged my mom for a Donnie and Marie record holder. And of course they didn't have it. And she bought me a Hardy Boys record holder, which as a girl in like 1979, you just didn't want anything Hardy Boys. Like- <laughs> I was devastated, and um, but that's when I learned that uh, you get what you get, and you don't get upset. Yeah, oh, so, I love that. You get what you get, you don't get upset. That's tweetable yeah. right there. I love it. You get what you get, and you don't get upset. That's what we had to tell uh, the kids when I was room mom and had to work hot lunch when my daughter's in second grade. By the way, I'll never volunteer to be room mom ever again. <laughs> what, bad memories. Well, it's it's crazy. Like for talk about politics, go be room mom. Okay, but it, it was insane. I'm not doing it, but yeah. So the kids would be like, "I don't want this for lunch." I'd be like, "You get what you get. And you don't get upset." And instantly, I was a lunch lady. Oh, <laughs> so now we're hearing the the progressing career of Anna, right? Tonight. Very exactly. nice. Well, let's talk about your expertise of low co- low carb cooking. Um, yes, I was till about I'm 54 now, so up until about 33, I literally could eat anything, and my body just yeah. like. No problem. We could digest anything. Yeah. And then one day my body says, uh, dude, we're not working that hard anymore. Mm-hmm. We're done. And and so I tried different diets. I did the, the Atkins low carb diet. I did slow carb, mm-hmm. which is like, I mm-hmm. guess you, you eat low carb for six that. days and then you cheat on one day. And then yeah. I finally settled in the rhythm. I'm, I'm a daily runner. I don't know if you know that now. I like today is 974 consecutive days I've run at least one mile up to three Whoa, miles. Whoa, that's awesome. So I do that and I went vegetarian last November, November 2019. My wife, on the other hand, is like zero carb, like, Right. meat and that's it i mean to mm-hmm. me it's boring and so she's done the low carb she, is she doing like carnivore basically yes like, she is 100 percent yeah. carnivore interesting which to me bores me because like i can't the only things i air quotes here can have is meat and so i'm experimenting <laughs> with a lot of morning star like veggie burgers and veggie right. chicken and you know what it tastes just like it. it tastes good to me but when you're only eating meat and my wife by the way is going to listen to this episode so it'll be interesting what she says after she hears your conversation you don't have much choice you've got like beef and you got pork chops and you got steak and you know you're really limited what you have see i can have plant-based burgers and french fries and a salad well she can't have any of those things because she can only have meat well again air quotes for can't um so let's talk about dieting well here's the thing you you brought up like 25 issues in like four sentences <laughs> well pick pick one you want to go and we'll pick, just go with that pick one one here's the thing it, it all depends on what your perspective is and what you're coming from you know we're all biochemically unique we are all snowflakes in that way and so if if it works for her to do carnivore great if it works for somebody else to do vegan great if it works for somebody to do a, a low carb 
you know, more herbivore. Great. The one thing that I've seen to be pretty universal after now having, having helped tens of thousands of people and sold hundreds of thousands of cookbooks is that, uh, processed sugars and grains do not do great for most people. Mm. There are always the 20 to 30% of us who are genetically blessed, who will be able to eat whatever we want till the day we croak and maybe never get high blood pressure or high blood sugar or any sort of metabolic issue. Good, great, good for you. But for the rest of us, what you describe as your story is very typical. Now, how you choose to handle it is what you're inspired to go do. And oftentimes too, the, the, the blood work will tell you what to go do. If it's mm-hmm. working for you, then great. That's awesome. I, I am, and I'm just going to do a little soapboxing for a minute because I am tired of the carnivore people fighting the vegans. I'm like, we need to stop fighting and we need to get on the same page. And, and it's okay for, you know, people to, to choose however they want to eat. I'm here to support that. Wh- where I'm coming from, and I say low carb because it is a big catch-all phrase, but it's cutting out the processed sugars and grains. Yes. I personally eat meat. I eat leafy green vegetables. I eat uh, cruciferous vegetables. And every now and then, some starch in the form of a sweet potato, usually a half. I never have eaten a whole sweet potato. Um, butternut squash, acorn squash, things like that. So I try to have a wide and I do eat some nuts, but not too much. I don't overdo it because uh, those can give me a little joint pain. I also personally cannot have dairy. I have celiac disease and that's a disease of the gut where if you have gluten, it incites the inflammatory response. Your immune system attacks your own body in your small intestines. If you remember back to seventh grade biology, your immune system will flatten the villi in your small intestines. And those are the things that absorb all the nutrients in your food. And if those are flattened, you don't absorb nutrients and you have what's called failure to thrive. And when I was diagnosed when I was 28, the only the only solution for it was just go gluten-free. And that was 2002 when it was not cool or known to be mm. gluten-free. So I started cooking and baking and deciding, well, I, and I had a food blog, Gluten-Free Anna. And I was like, I'm going to make everything gluten-free and it'll be great. And then I slowly started putting on weight. And at the time I was working on camera and I was like, this is not going to do. I need to be my fighting weight. And uh, and it wasn't until 2012 when I met Vinny Tortorich and we started the Fitness Confidential podcast, meaning I started it for him because he didn't know how to turn on a computer. Um, <laughs> poor Vinny. <laughs> poor Vinny. He knows now. He produces it now. But, uh, you know, we've been doing this for eight years. And he said, you need to cut out the sugars and the grains. He has a thing called NSNG, no sugars, no grains. And he says, again... It's not about counting. We don't count calories. We don't count fat grams, carb grams. It's about cutting out the processed foods and then you eat real food. So however that looks, you, you're generally going to, if you cut out processed carbs, you're going to increase your fat intake. So if you're doing it the vegetarian way, you might increase some olive oil, avocado, coconut oil, uh, nuts, things like that. And uh, if you're doing it the carnivore way, you can obviously have fattier cuts of meat, uh, like ribeye steak or the chicken thighs, which is something, you know, as a child of the 80s and 90s, you never had chicken thighs. You would always have chicken breasts because you don't want to have the fat because fat was always demonized. Mm. And so this was a big paradigm shift for me. It took several years for me to write the first book and then three more years to write the second book. And I'm continuing to write recipes. I write them, especially now, <laughs> in seclusion. Yeah. I'm writing a lot of recipes. Well, you but, said a lot um, of things yeah. I, want, I want to unpack there. Yes, uh, I will yes. tell people that I know full well our body does not need sugar, okay? But sugar might as well be classified as one of those narcotic drugs because it's really it addiction. I mean, it's it, so deli- it's so 
Listen, and oh, by the way, and let me let me preface it by saying this: I eat sugar. It's not like I never ever have it. It's just ninety five percent of the time I don't because that's what happens. And let me give you an example. So last night, so we're up at our our new house that we're trying to remodel and get done, which has been very tricky during this COVID time. You know, the, uh, construction is essential work, but it's like people are getting sick, and you want to be careful and yada yada yada. So it's taken twice as long, and I'm without a kitchen up here. So I we've been getting a lot of takeout. And as we were at one of the best restaurants in Santinez, the guy walks out and he says, here's the last pint of the homemade vanilla bean gelato that I made this morning. And I was like, I'm buying it, (laughs) (laughs) buying it. And I'm not supposed to have dairy and I certainly don't thrive on having sugar. And I ate that stuff and I enjoyed it. And that's it. Like I I won't do it again for at least a month. I have to be very careful. But so I will say this, a hundred percent of people who give up eating sugar wind up eating it again. So the trick is to me, I, I, I want you guys to like eat something that is like the best, highest quality. Either you make it at home or you get it homemade from the Italian guy from the place. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I want it to be a high quality splurge, a life moment. I want you to be able to have some birthday cake. I want you to have something at Christmas dinner or Hanukkah dinner. Like I don't want people to never have sugar again because then you get into diet mentality and you feel crazy. Yeah. Well, I know for me, it was when I, I remember I told my wife I'm going vegetarian. She's like, wait, what just happened? Where did that come from? I just, I <laughs> just wanted to try it. And um, I've been a carnivore my entire life. And about a month before I heard this guy's podcast where he said he decided to drink nothing but water for his beverage. And I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I could try that. And the key with water, you got to find water you, you like. I mean, you can't, if you don't, you can't start this if you don't have water you like. So I started doing that and I started drinking water all the time. And I'm like, I started feeling great. And I said, I just want to try it. I didn't think I'd be going as long as I am. It's, you know, I think I've had meat three times. I had uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and two days after Thanksgiving. But since then, just vegetarian. And so I'm doing a lot of things great. And by the way, one of the things that really pushed me over the edge, I watched the movie Game Changers, um, which is an incredible movie. And it talks mm-hmm. about, you know, cows don't eat meat, cows eat plants, and you eat the cow to get the meat, whatever, or the, the nutrient, nutrients. But they kind of pushed me over the edge. I'm like, look at, I can read all these stories, or I could try it myself. And as a daily runner, I find when I only have you know, non, no, no meat in my diet. I feel better. My problem is, and I'm not trying to hide this. I know it's a problem is it's really easy for me to have the pizza or, you know, I'm not buying cookies anymore because that stuff is so easy. For vegetarians with vegans, I think the the most common issue is the grain sneak in because it's, it's exhausting to have to cook. And I, and I've done it. Listen, I've walked the talk. I've, I've done a a, a raw food thing. I've done the vegan thing and I've done it because I want to see if I can do it. You know what I mean? I want to challenge myself. I want to know what it's like. And the, and the volume of vegetables that I had to cook in order to eat and feel full and when, when cutting out a lot of fat too, uh, is, is tremendous. And so what happens is it just becomes a matter of convenience and it's a lot easier to boil a thing of pasta or, you know, make some polenta or, and, and ultimately it's the processed grains that are not going to do you too right, especially if you have any uh, blood sugar issues, because what grains do is they sustain that high blood sugar for a longer period of time. Mm. The glycemic load is longer. Right. So your your insulin resistance is going to be just prolonged. So yeah. uh, it, it is, we call it plant-powered NSNG, uh, and, and it's 
it's not impossible. There's tons of people doing it. Yeah. But if you're if you're a vegetarian and going to be grain free, now do you eat egg or dairy? Yes, I no, I well, I have eggs, and I do have allow okay. myself an ice cream novelty and here and there. I'm not perfect. I there's a lot of work no, to do. No, nobody's perfect. And I, just I can tell be you this, Anna. I, I can tell you this that when you because I'm a daily runner from the waist down. I mean, my legs are rock rock solid. I've been running for almost yeah. three years, and from the belly up, I'm okay. Is I I don't I'm not like a beer belly because I don't drink alcohol. Obviously, I just said I just drink water. Right. But right. the belly I have, the small belly I have, is all processed foods and sugar. I know it is. Well, that yeah, and and and, and that is your abs are made in the kitchen and not in the gym. Yep. Because it, it, that's the kind of thing. Like if you decided, okay. By the way, e- eggs are great. They're the perfect protein and fat mixed together. And so if you're having that a few times a week, you're good to go. You know what I mean? It's, it's Mm -hmm. a lot easier if you're having some eggs and if you can tolerate dairy, uh, but it's, it's when you're, you want to be a strict vegan and you try to do the plant powered NSNG, it gets, that's where it really gets hard and people are making the the vegan pizza and the vegan pasta. and and, And then they're like wondering why I didn't, I used to feel really good when I first went vegetarian and now I'm not feeling so great. Plus I got the little gut and that's usually what it is. Yeah. Well, I know for me, my biggest issue is I, I grew up on the processed foods, even though like yeah, back too. in the day when I was growing up, I went to McDonald's once a month. It was a big treat. Now we go breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and we have all this processed food during the day. So I know for me, I have a sweet tooth. So one of the things I learned from my doctor a number of years ago, he said, don't have it in the house. Because if you want Oreo cookies, Absolutely. you're not going to get in your car and drive to the store and go find them, wait in line. You're going to say, I oh, forget it. So what I try to do, I do allow myself to have the ice cream novelties. And I don't buy the gallons of ice cream. Well, they're half gallons. Right. Uh, remember when they used to have gallon ice creams? Now they, 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 yeah. they kind of make it look like it's yes. a gallon of ice yeah. cream, but it's really not. It used to be gallons of ice cream when we were growing up. Now it's a half gallon. Well, no, it's a, it's keep shaving off the amount that they're selling you like slow. They're basically gaslighting all of us. Yes. Like, they, just yeah. Keep, like yeah. l- they sell you less for the exact same price. Yeah. So I, I get the ice cream novelties and I'm trying to, I read uh, some of the research that said, um, when I first started going vegetarian, they said there's a big health benefit when you go from the sad diet, the standard American diet to vegetarian, but you go vegan and I'd like to know your thoughts on this. You go vegan to like save the animals. So the big health benefit is going vegetarian, but vegetarian to vegan, it's a really teeny tiny. I, I think it's it's all an individual thing. Okay. Honestly, I, 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 I wouldn't. I, first of all, I'm not a scientist, so I can't bring up the science of it. I am when people want to go low carb, I write the cookbooks and the recipes to provide them that I here, here's the deal. I, I think that if you feel better going vegetarian, great. If you feel better going low carb, great. I would say try both. That that's what I would not you. I would say that to like the general person mm-hmm. who's like, okay, I definitely have a standard American diet. I'm definitely eating at McDonald's more than once a month. I am definitely, you know. And by the way, we've all been there. Hello, yeah. like my my mom didn't cook that much at home. She was a single mom. She had a ton of jobs. She was always working. And so I would sit and watch PBS and watch Julia Child or the Frugal Gourmet. And I would then go into my kitchen, which was had a couple of processed food items and maybe like iceberg lettuce and and that. Russian dressing that was like sugar dressing. (laughs) Like that's what we had in our kitchen. It wasn't, we didn't have a lot of food. So for me, it was always, yes, doing the funny voices, but also looking longingly at like, oh, I, I, one day I want to be able to make a nice meal and have a nice meal. That was always something that I wanted to do. Now I heard that the experts, and again, I'm not an expert. I'm a productivity nerd. I heard that most of your plate should be greens, not 
not like uh, meat. Do you subscribe to that? Um, again, it's about what makes you feel good. Okay. I would say as long as there are not processed sugars and grains on your plate, you can design your plate however you feel. I, I will say if you have most of your plate is greens and whatever your portion of meat is and you don't feel full after your dinner, that's a problem. And you're going to then go overeat and snack and be mm-hmm. peckish all night. So I would say this, if it makes you fuller to have a bigger portion or a fattier piece of meat then eat that and have your greens that's that to me is the ideal balance but listen to what your body tells you yeah i think for most people and i know i'm not alone at this the toughest part is like when you're winding down at night after you've had dinner you sit down in front of the tv and it's like we have the cell phone in one hand and we're munching in the other hand. And what I'm trying to do more from a productivity standpoint is I'm trying to actually watch TV without being on my phone. Because I remember back in the day, we didn't have computers. We didn't have cell phones and we used to sit there and watch the show. Now we're like doing like four or five things. We're watching the show. The the joke of my house is I asked my wife, what do you want to listen to tonight? Because she's on her iPad playing her games. And uh, I love you, honey. You know, I love you. But um, (laughs) so I'm trying to keep my, phone face down and watching the show and it's really difficult because we're afraid we're going to miss out on something well you're right. not going to miss out on anything neither no, you we're not that important we're important to our no. families but we're not that important you can watch a show for 45 minutes without checking your phone the world's not going to end right i agree and and uh, i feel like i was ahead of the curve on this because it was many years ago when i think i got before i got an iphone it was like a a droid something i don't, I don't remember it had like a thing where you like flipped the screen as an lge something. Oh, yes, i don't know yes but my husband called me a radio shack because i would sit there on the phone <laughs> and then i got an ipad mini and then i would watch tv and he was like all right radio shack why don't you focus and i was like i am i know what's going on in the show and i by the way i never knew what was going on in the show yeah and then i would be like what what i would blame it on like you know, it's House of Cards. It's too complicated. <laughs> My husband's like, no, you, you just aren't paying attention. <laughs> well, let me let me ask you this question. I want to get really granular here. Let's say someone's yes. listening to our conversation. How rude are you eavesdropping? But let's say they're they're <laughs> listening and and like, okay, you know, I'm eating McDonald's for breakfast, Wendy's for lunch, Kentucky Fried Chicken for dinner, and I'm having all these packaged, you know, ho-hos and ding-dongs and ice cream. Anna, what is one thing I can do to start eating right? Because, you know, I believe simplicity is the name of the game. Simplicity is what gets you to where you want to go. So what is one thing you would tell someone who's struggling with well, eating a whole bunch of processed food? Because I, I know you have a lot of you, things to share, usually, but I want that yes, one step. Usually somebody who's doing that, they either have a job, they're like in sales or they're a trucker or, they, you know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. out on the road a lot. And so they, they're stuck eating certain kinds of foods. So the, the, by the way, this, you just described my dad as well. My dad, (laughs) he, I was, saw him before Christmas time and he, he was complaining about, he was feeling achy and he's turning 80 and he doesn't like that. And he's a very spry guy. And, uh, and, and then he says, he goes for a walk because he walks to his car and drives to checkers or Hardee's and has his checker burger and then drives back and walk. So that's his walk every day. So he does one sit up car. a day. He does, he does half in the morning and the other half at night. Exactly. <laughs> most, people, like, okay. most people don't get that joke. They're like, what? 
Yeah. And I was like, Dad, why are you having Checker Burger or Hardee's Burger every day? And he's like, that's what I like for lunch. And of course, it's always harder to convince our parents who are set in their ways. And I was like, and I was like, but, but if you could just have something else. And he was like, what am I supposed to eat? And my husband goes, literally anything else. (laughs) So I think, I think the key is, is to, 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 here's what I would recommend. Focus in on those times where you can control what you're doing. Here's here's what I would challenge people to do. Give it one week and you're going to have to prepare one week of cutting out processed sugars and grains. And if that means you still have to go to McDonald's, that means you got to get a Big Mac lettuce wrapped without the sauce on it. That means that you have to go to, you can't have the fried thing. You can't have the fries. You can't, you know, just try it for one week. Up your fat as much as you can and lower your processed sugars and grains and see if that doesn't, you, you'll be amazed at how it changes your brain fog, how it changes. I mean, obviously metabolically, it's going to change things like blood sugar levels, uh, high blood pressure, uh, anything related with metabolic syndrome, like type two diabetes. It, it changes people's hormonal health almost in an instant. So females out there, anybody with PCOS, anybody with uh, infertility, anybody with, or if you're like me and you're pushing menopause, you might be having crazy cycles and excessive problems. And this stuff will click, cutting out the processed foods will start to regulate your hormones. And with men, it happens too. Men are gaining weight and they're getting breast tissue where they should not be getting breast tissue. That's a hormonal issue due to processed foods. Mm. So if this is describing you at all out there in the world, just try one week, one week, and you do have to prepare and you will have to you will have to make a, a choice. But what happens is once you make that choice and you live with that choice, you're going to want to keep making it. Mm. And you're going to ha- you're going to go through a period of time where you're like, I missed that thing. And listen to what I said. Last night, I went and got the homemade vanilla gelato. So it's not like you're never going to have it again. You're just going to be able to have it and enjoy it. You won't be hating yourself while you're eating it. It's going to be a conscious choice. And the rest of the time, you're going to love what you're eating. You're going to feel so much better. And and you're going to be so proud of yourself that you made that choice. And then guess what? You'll start to drop weight. And that will be the tertiary benefit. Hmm. You think everybody wants to do it to lose weight, but that's like the last benefit because you feel so much better. Your body can't help but lose the weight when you take that stuff out and away from your diet. So increase fat, decrease processed sugars and grains. What's interesting is my mother's mother died of Alzheimer's. My mother Mm -hmm. has got Alzheimer's really bad. I mean, I lost my mom mentally two years ago. She's just there in a shell, like a four-year-old. And because I'm the only child, I got to talk to the neurologist. And I was talking to him about, is there anything I can do to maybe mitigate my chances of getting Alzheimer's? And he said, Mm. yes, we've been telling people from day one, diet, exercise, and sleep. And yeah. I look back at my parents' diet, horrible. I, they never exercised. Yeah. My mom did like a week of jazzercise in the 80s. And, you know, they got, you know, maybe <laughs> yeah. six, seven hours of sleep. And they said, there's no guarantee. But even though your your grandmother and your mother got Alzheimer's, you could do now at age 54, you, there's things you could do to maybe For mitigate sure. you. So that's part of the driving force. I'm like, okay, let me try to give up meat. Let me try to eat more fruits and salads. Let me try to eat less processed foods. Switch the water because obviously when you switch the water, the body has to use less energy 
you break it down. And then I, I started running about three years ago. And yeah. so I'm trying to do things, but I see so many people, uh, when I see people in the stores that are 12 years old and they weigh more than me, and that's something wrong. You look at their car, mac and cheese and all this ice cream know, and stuff like that. I, it is an issue. And, and also too, every, I know everybody's on their own journey for sure. 100%. Here, here's a visual that my functional medicine doctor gave me that I thought was really great because, um, she's the one who, who, she basically discovered that like I can't tolerate other things and it's a cross-reactant thing due to the autoimmune that I have. But she said, I want you to visualize when you eat sugar because the body maybe has, if, if I'm remembering correctly from all the doctors we've had on our podcast, the body maybe only needs about a teaspoon or two of sugar throughout the entire body. That's hardly any sugar compared right. to like the amount of sugar that we're eating on a or daily can basis. Or can like what, 37 grams in or something. Exactly. So that's like a ridiculous amount of teaspoons of sugar, but our body only. So imagine that the excess blood sugar is like little shards of glass going around and destroying your cardiovascular system, destroying your endocrine system. Imagine it like that. And that, that is like, okay, so if I'm going to eat it, I want to be real specific that I'm like <laughs> eating A, the highest quality ingredients. B, I'm really enjoying it because that's the other thing. It's like, well, don't eat it and then go, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that thing. I'm such a terrible person. What a failure I am. Don't do that. Stop. Yeah. You're not a terrible person. You're not a failure. You're a human being. And we all like to eat yummy stuff. So if you're eating yummy stuff most of the time in the form of uh, cutting out the sugars and grains and adding more fat and you're eating, whether you're eating vegetarian or you're also eating meat and a bunch of vegetables, you're still eating yummy stuff. That's, by the way, the whole purpose of me making these cookbooks is I want to make really good comfort food that especially if one person in the household is changing the way they're eating. Oftentimes, they're not getting support from other members in their household. So I want them to be able to cook food for their families that is this way and their families go, oh, that's not so bad. I thought it was going to be all diet food, chicken breasts and steamed broccoli. And it's like, no, it's not that actually. Yeah. And um, so if you keep that visual in your head, you'll be real specific and real deliberate, I, I want to say, mm. about when you want to have a treat. And I think that's key because I had a guest on my show recently saying that people think they have to be so strong 24 or 7. No, you have to be strong maybe 20 minutes a week when you're weak. Okay. Not 24 right. hours a day. If you got to, if you have to fight the urge 24 hours a day, that's an entirely different problem. But you know, during the day, I eat pretty well. I will eat breakfast and breakfast. I, I have a, I'm like a Jack on Hyde. So on the good days, I have organic bread, which uh, we buy the bread called Ezekiel here in Houston. No preservatives. You got to keep it frozen. It's completely organic. No sugar right, in right. it. I have my wife makes these delicious avocado toast and I have a couple plant based sausages and yeah. some crabble eggs. That's a good day. The next day I have pancakes. So I'm, it's a work in progress. The thing is, I don't judge people. If you're a carnivore, if you're a vegan, a vegetarian, just like you said, don't tell me how to eat. I'm working on what works for me. And I know right. I've got work to do. And I don't think we'll ever figure it out because everyone's going to be going through different stages. So just when you think you almost got to figure it out, now you're in a different stage. And so I just say, look, we need to be kind to people, share what you what's working with you. Because if you share with what's working with you and someone goes, oh, I never tried that. And they try it and they get good results. That's great. But yes. I see too many people. Like I got I got several vegan friends. Some of them are militant. Like you shouldn't have any dairy, any meat. And they're very angry. And some people go, look, it works for me. So if you, I find it much better in any aspect of life. If you approach people in love and with yeah. serving, they're more likely going to listen to you. But if you come in and say, oh, you shouldn't eat meat. Well, I'm like, dude, what? I'm No, I'm going to eat more meat because you told me not to eat meat. So- <laughs> you approach things in love. Of course. 
Like I tell when people say, you know, why aren't you eating veg? Why are you vegetarian? I always say, one, why don't you? Why do you care? Two, there's more meat for you. So I just that's the way I answer people. <laughs> well, I will say this: I am staunchly against factory farming, and I think anybody with half a brain is against factory farming. However, it's still a major issue. Like it's not going anywhere. So I will say this whenever this is what I say in the beginning of my both my cookbooks, whenever it is possible, meaning it's economically feasible and available to you, please try to buy grass fed beef, pastured chicken and pork, pastured eggs, and support those farmers who are ethically raising and slaughtering the animals. End of story. But yes, telling people what to eat is like, come on. But but it happens all the time. And and that's why I'm saying that the paleo community or low carb community, whatever you want to call it, is and the vegan community are at each other's throats. Yeah. It is I get trolled on Twitter constantly and, and I'm like, why are you trolling me? I support you. Like it's just I don't care. I and also too, I don't care. You're a grown person. Yes. You can choose to eat whatever you want. I don't care. You could stuff your face with McDonald's. I loved McDonald's as a kid. I loved it. I can't eat it now. If I ate it now, I would get sick. But I, it's not like I have hate for McDonald's. I just don't like what it does to my body. Mm. And if it also does that to your body, I have some recipes you might be interested in. There you go. Well, before, so we, find, before we find out you know, where we can get your recipe book, I just want to tell people, I want to make it very clear, just because candy or cereal is organic, it's not better for you, okay? People are getting yeah. obsessed with, oh, I'm eating candy, but it's organic. It's still candy, okay? It's yeah, still it's sugar. Sugar is sugar, and your liver doesn't know the difference, whether exactly. it's an organic piece of candy or a processed piece of candy. I will say this. Uh, I would say look into Dr. Kate Shanahan, C-A-T-E Shanahan. She has been doing some really interesting work on the uh, uh, inflammatory omega-6 oils. And so I do, that's another step that I do. I do personally try to avoid a lot of uh, the inflammatory oil, the soybean oil, Mm -hmm. the uh, safflower, the sunflower oil. And this is not to say you should never have, you know, edamame or some sunflower seeds sprinkled on your salads, not say that. It's saying that the amount of omega-6 oils, canola oil is probably the biggest offender, uh, they're so inflammatory to our bodies and they're used at like every restaurant because it's very expensive to use a nicer oil. So I yeah. get it why this is happening. Well, also to restaurants know, with the factory farm stuff. So yeah, I didn't know no. what omega three and six were. And then when I became vegetarian, I started doing the research then, and then you found uh, out. <laughs> yeah. Omega three, omega three doesn't last as long. So they take the easy way out and do omega six, which is not good for you. But until you, like you say, until well, you do your research, you don't know. You just right. like, okay, it's, it's, and it's a it's ratio. Food. You don't want it to be out of balance. That's the thing. And it right. is so out of balance. If you're eating the standard American diet, we're all eating foods cooked in omega-6s and we have way too much and it's very inflammatory. That's what I'm saying about like you don't you cook your food in olive oil or in avocado oil and you can still then put uh, sunflower seeds on your salad. Like I'm not saying to get rid of that altogether, but it is about keeping it in check because most processed food has some form of an inflammatory omega-6 oil in it for what it's worth. Well, Anna, this was such a delight to have you on the show. I think we could have gone for three hours, but we both have something to do in in about 15 minutes. So we're going to jump off now, but before we go, where can we find out more about you? Like where can we find your cookbook and all that good stuff? 
Thank you, Mark. Everything is, I am Anna Vicino on all the socials. Uh, and I have my book is Eat Happy. And my second book is Eat Happy 2, T-O-O. And between the two of them, it's over 300 low-carb recipes. And in the second book, I have about eight cocktail recipes, very fresh, very light, Ooh. perfect for the summertime. Uh, so if you're, and you can also make them as mocktails. I, uh, you can find them on Amazon. You can find them for sale directly from my distributor. If you go to eathappycookbook.com, you'll see all the information there. And uh, I love seeing pictures of what you guys make. And I have a very active Facebook group with about 8,000 people in it, uh, the Eat Happy Facebook group. So join us there. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm very much of the Gary Vaynerchuk uh uh, mentality of interacting and and being supportive and being out there and answering questions and I'm, I'm you you can't miss me I'm out there. Well, I am. I love Gary Vaynerchuk except for his potty mouth. But I look at myself. <laughs> he does have the potty mouth. I, I look at myself as a clean version of Gary. Um, he said you should be putting out a hundred pieces of content a day. I'm thinking I'm putting like seventy five pieces of content a day, and Great. I really want to meet people this is gonna go off a little tangent so listener if you don't want i'm interested bye um but one thing i really annoys me there's two groups of people who are hyper high uh, high performers they're really out there and successful there are people saying i'm over here i made it you suck and then there's other people like gary saying hey look at i've made it look at me i want to help you and i'll answer my own dms i want to be that kind of person i want to be the yeah. kind of person that you know, remember when we used to go to conferences and speak from the stage? Remember that a long time ago? Yeah. Eventually, we'll begin doing it again. And I told and my see wife. people and yeah, give them hugs. Yeah, and, I, I told yeah. my wife what I want to do is when I start speaking again, I want to sit on the stage after I'm done and have some water, some nice mountain spring water with some food next to it. And I want to meet as many people as I can because we only get one life like Gary Vaynerchuk says. We get one life. And I, I don't want to be the jerk. I want to be the person people say, man, that guy, Mark, he's so friendly. He's he's nutty on his podcast. He's nutty in person. He's he's a real nice guy. And I want to be that guy. There's too many people who you go to the conferences and you don't get to meet them unless you buy the $10 million. I, and I never understood that because – let, let me put it to you this way. So I have YouTube videos of me doing instructionals and cooking and, sh you know, recipes from the second book. And those are fine and they're very well made and I like them. But nothing to me beats doing live cooking demos on Facebook Live or Instagram Live. Or I, I like to bring people on and go into their kitchens too and then tell them what they can make with their crazy ingredients in the quarantine. And, uh, it, it, to me, nothing beats the, the live interaction. Like that's just always going to be my favorite. And that's from years of doing stand up and improv and just, I, I like interacting with people. I think it's way more fun and I feel like it's way more tactile and learning. And by the way, it's not like things go perfectly. I had this great idea that I was going to make instant pot, uh, paneer, you know, the Indian cheese is like, I'm mm. going to make instant pot paneer. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I made it. I had did a video. Said, oh God, you guys, this is going to be so good. It has this, this, and this. And it was an absolute unmitigated disaster. <laughs> like it did not work at all. And everyone's there with me. It's like, and you can't hide behind anything. You can't yeah. hide behind production value. You can't hide behind cheating the food styling. And uh, it, it's, it, it either works or it doesn't. And to me, that's very fun. So I'm, I'm with you on that. The best gift I ever got my wife was Instant Pot. Got her a couple of years ago. And she loves this thing. And like tonight, she'll make me uh, vegetarian pasta, you know, with, with the Guardian nice. uh, meatballs and stuff like that. She put it in like 10 minutes later. It's done. What? It's done. What? And I just, she loves this thing because you can like, what used to take you hours, like mom and mom used to make and cook yeah. for like hours and hours. This is like, poof, it's done. It's not really, it's not really instant, but it's really really fast. No, it's not instant, but it 
is much faster than doing a slow cooker for eight hours. I will say this. It's funny because when the Instant Pot really started catching on, I believe is around the holidays of 2016. And so I wrote a whole bunch of Instant Pot recipes. And I always write a slow cooker component to it. To, so just in case somebody doesn't have an Instant Pot, <laughs> then I wrote them and people are like, all you have are Instant Pot recipes. I don't have an instant pot. <laughs> and I was, and that was my lesson in learning. Oh, you don't try to do things to please the people. You do things to please yourself. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, mm-hmm. thank you so much for being on the show today. It thank was you, a delight having you on the show. You are a rock star. I appreciate you. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com, and take the free seven-question productivity quiz. Find out how productive you are, really, mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.